Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we celebrate the triumphs of people who have overcome their own life's challenges and made our world better. People who have taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host. Thank you for joining me. Lindy, Lindy, welcome to the Lemonade Stand. I'm so excited to talk to you today. But first, you have to tell me three things about yourself. So my name is Lindy Lewis. I grew up in South Jordan, Utah, and um, lived there up until I graduated high school. I went to college in Idaho, met my husband, who is from Nevada. We lived there for eight years, and then now we've been back in Utah ever since. And we've been married for 20 years. And we have four kids, 18, 15, 12, and six. So, yeah, so we're kind of (laughs) busy. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to guess that the family life has something to do with your lemon to lemonade story. We're going to kind of talk about a time in my life about six and a half years ago when um, my my now 12-year-old was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So... Wow. Okay. So take us back six years ago. What happened? Okay. So I was actually pregnant at the time and, um, pregnant with a child who didn't think I was going to have another baby. Um, my husband had actually had surgery. We were well on our way with just having three kids. We were perfectly fine. And, um, come to find out I had gotten pregnant the week before his surgery And so trying to deal with all of the pregnancy hormones at a little bit later age than the rest of my children. Anyways, it was the summer of 2014. We had taken a few family vacations and noticed my son, JJ, was just constantly thirsty, constantly going to the bathroom. Um, and, And it was in the summer. So, of course, that happens with kids because they're constantly eating popsicles and drinking drinks and stuff. So it didn't really like click right away that something might be wrong. But anyways, we went, I specifically remember a trip. We went to um, Snowbird to stay the night. And when we were there, we just noticed he looked like he had lost a lot of weight. His eyes were starting to be sunken in. Um, He just didn't look right. And it it almost looked like he was so dehydrated. Um, so we came home from that and he actually had a, had an accident on the way home. He, he had peed in the car and we're like, Oh my gosh, what, what is going on with you? We just thought it was something like a behavioral thing that there was something going on that maybe because I'm pregnant that the attention, like we did not even think once about having it be type one diabetes. And, um, I was actually at, swim lessons with him. We had had him in swim lessons. And I was talking to my friend who was also at swim lessons with her kids and they were doing it at the same time. And she's like, yeah, I was talking to a friend about how frequent urination and um, frequent thirst is a sign of type one diabetes. And I was like, oh yeah, like it clicked. I was like, oh yeah, I do know that. I know that that is a sign, but I was like, well, I just don't think it's that because my oldest son had this problem when he was kind of going at six years old, he kind of had that problem of going to the bathroom a lot. And I just thought maybe it's just hereditary, right? Like something is going on. So, uh, about a week later, um, we were getting ready to go to a family reunion and JJ became very, very sick and throwing up and constantly just 
nauseous, throwing up, could not catch a break. And it was the middle of summer. So we we're like, this is weird. It's not like flu season. So my sister-in-law happened to be coming over because we were all going to be travel caravanning to a family reunion and she's a nurse. So she shows up and I'm like, I girl, I need you to come look at JJ really quick. I need you to see what is going on because I, I don't, this isn't familiar to me. So she came right in, she looked at his skin, she picked up his skin and it was so dehydrated to the point where it, it just stuck there. Like it didn't retract back. So she immediately said, you need to go straight to the ER. And we're like, well, or call your doctor. You just need to get into something. And we're like, okay, what is it? She's like, I I don't really want to diagnose it, but I think it's something. And we're like, okay, pretend we're not family. Pretend you're like talking to a patient. What is this? And she's like, I think it's type one diabetes. And we were just like, oh no, like what, what are we in for? So we go straight to our pediatrician. He does a urine sample. Um, sure enough, it, his blood sugars are in the 600s, which is, can be deathly. Um, so what had happened is his body had um, stopped producing insulin probably a couple weeks before his pancreas just shut down, but we didn't know. And that's what happens with type one diabetics is all of a sudden it can just be a quick thing where their pancreas just stops. And it stops producing insulin. So every single carbohydrate you take in turns into it's, it turns into poison essentially. So his body was starting to go through a ketosis process where everything was starting to shut down because he was so sick and in from the inside. Now it was starting to come to the outside. So we immediately went straight to primary children's hospital and we spent three days there just learning how to manage life. <laughs> and in the meantime, he's six years old. He's like, what is going on? He doesn't know. And, um, doesn't remember life now before having diabetes. So it was really, really hard. Um, sorry. And then, being pregnant too, I think I kind of got mad at God. Like, why would you send this child to me in this, in time of my life when I can't even help my little six-year-old learn this whole new way of life? So I did. I went through a really hard couple months of just trying to figure out what the purpose was and how we were going to manage life with this new lemon. So that's where we got to at that point. Um, it, it was overwhelming and it was hard to understand what, what all we had to do. So at that point, we just kind of sucked it up and learned how to, to manage it and basically just tried to start living life without letting that define JJ. At that moment, we just kind of had to make a decision that this is, this is where we're at. This is what we have to do. This is going to be his new normal, but we're going to try to make life as normal as we can for this kid. So (laughs) sorry about getting emotional. This is, this was a hard time in your life. That would be, I can't imagine at six years old, they're starting school and they've got their activities. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you have to manage this way of eating and testing his blood. And it would be Mm -hmm. overwhelming at any stage. 
mm-hmm. for a young one that you really can't even explain it to, I bet that was really right. hard. Right. So then, yeah, we had to start learning, okay, every single carbohydrate you take in, we have to dose for. So then he starts doing insulin shots and a needle in his skin, you know, 10 to 12 times a day, he has to do shots all day long. And at six years old, you know, those kids are afraid to go get their yeah vaccination shots. And so to take on doing, you know, that many shots a day was, was pretty scary for him. But but then again, he knew he had to do it to, to live, to survive. <laughs> so Okay. So now it's been six years. You said he's 12. So how are things now? Um, it's funny because we actually just went to his diabetic doctor yesterday at primary children's and he's doing okay. Um, the problem with 12 year olds is they're starting to go through puberty. And what people don't understand is Type one diabetics can have whatever they want to eat. They just have to dose for it. But on the flip note, emotions and puberty and anxiety and stress, hyperactivity, sports activity, all of those things can affect your blood sugar. So with type one diabetics, sure, you can say, okay, I got this. We're going to do this. We're going to dose for each each time you eat or, or whatnot, every time you have a snack, but we can't take an effect how the stress and anxiety and the puberty and everything is going to affect his blood sugar. So unfortunately he's been really, really high. His blood sugars have been high, like all of 2020. And I, I mean, let's be real. 2020 was a rough year for everybody, but what people don't realize is for kids who, who have an autoimmune disease that cannot just function normally without medicine, um, it affects them in so many different ways. So we, his A1C is pretty high. It's in the nines. Our, our A1Cs for typical normal beings that have pancreases that work are probably in the six, the number range. So his A1C number is really high. So right now we're trying to figure out how we can get that back down. Um, but also trying to manage the stress and the the time of life that he's in with puberty and, um, trying to feel normal still. So we've taken his, his diagnosis and really tried hard not to let it define him. I try not to use it as a crutch. I try not to let him have special privileges just because he has this, you know, I have a daughter who's deaf in one ear. I have a son who has really bad eyesight to the point where he, you know, has double, double stigmatisms. And he literally is so blind. He has to have glasses or contacts on all the time. So I, you know, I try to remind him like everybody has their stuff. Everyone has a problem. Yes. Yours is huge. You have an autoimmune disease, but we cannot let that define you. We can't let that run your life. And so he hasn't, and there's a lot of his friends that haven't gone back to school because of type one diabetes and getting coronavirus. And I'm like, JJ, you have to decide what you want for yourself. And he's like, absolutely not. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to still play sports. I'm going to live my life because that that's what helps him bring joy. He has to move on. And so for him, sure. We're scared if something happens because you never know how it can affect blood sugars. Anytime he gets sick, anytime he has any kind of cold or anything, it affects him. It affects his blood sugar. So 
but we're moving forward. We can't just sit back and isolate and let him feel that pain and feel that stress every day. He's trying to just move on and live life like normal, like everybody else. Um, I am a part of a Facebook group who had, it's all type one diabetics, either your kids have it or they have it themselves. And a couple of my friends have it. So it's been nice to be able to get support from them. Um, but I just want people to know, like, this wasn't something that he brought on. This wasn't something that he ate a bunch of sugar and got diabetes because a lot of generalization with diabetes is you get it from eating sugar. And for type one, it's completely different. It has nothing to do with your lifestyle. It has nothing to do with how you eat, has nothing to do with what age you are. I have a type that one diabetic friends that got it in their thirties or forties. I do have, you know, there is a lot that get it as a juvenile. So I just want people to understand like, um, to just be respectful for, for diabetics, whether they're type one or type two, because it's, it's a hard thing to live with. And especially for kids, it, it was really hard. And I got so offended when JJ would go to school and kids would be like, oh, he can't have that because it's sugar. And, and if I eat sugar too, then I'm going to get it, you know? And so I would go into his classroom at the beginning of every elementary year. And I would explain it to the kids exactly what it is. And all of the classmates understood that he had to have snacks and he had to have juice boxes because if his blood sugar goes too low at school, he has to hurry and eat. And so every single year up until probably like fifth grade, I would go in and talk to the kids and talk to the teacher right off the bat, address the issue right then, because I think the more that people can understand and the more that people can know then they can, they can just sympathize with people and just know that like, it's a hard thing to live with, but they're, but, but it's doable. Like you can do it. So I think that's just one of the most important things is just like being vocal about it, being open about it, being able to share your stories um, and being able to educate, educate people with it. So I love that. And that's why you've been such an inspiration because you have been vocal about it. And I didn't realize you were going into the classrooms. That is such a great idea to just go <laughs> in and teach the kids. This is yeah. why he has to do what he does and it's okay. And everybody mm -hmm. has their stuff. I love that. Yeah. Just to be aware of the type one diabetics out there or just in general, people going through stuff. There's, you know, a lot of things, there's a lot of autoimmune diseases out there that I am starting to learn more and more about as I'm in that kind of community with kids, oh gosh, especially after what's going on right now in the world and in our nation, especially just to be nice, just to, just to be respectful and to be nice and to just understand that people are going through things and try to be there for them. So <laughs> I love that. That is the best advice right there. So that's great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time to talk to me today. Yeah, yeah for sure. Thank you so much, Heidi. I appreciate it. Don't you know things will change? Things will go your way if you hope. You're still here? Well, then click on the next episode to get more lemonade. One more